1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Hour number two of Extra Point on this Friday, February 9th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. That's right, it's Friday. Friday spread by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. $100 gift certificate still up for grabs. And make sure when you are today's winner, you're coming with your weekend play. The weekend specials over at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. 45-day dry-aged beef tomahawk steak at 24 dollars a pound. It's the San Fran tailgate package at $49.49. It includes four 50-50 burgers, four all-beef hot dogs, nine jalapeno poppers, nine potato skins, one package of jalapeno cheddar snack sticks. Then there's the fresh jumbo party-style chicken wings at $4.99 a pound. They have everything you could want. Located 2390 North Alma School in Chandler, so pay them a visit this weekend. Uh, we'll have Kyle Soppy of Pro Football Network around 12.15 to help us with our NFL props for the weekend. Let's quickly reset the scene with today's poll questions and start with the KDOS1060.com poll question, which I promise is a question we finally answer today around 1230. It's been up all week. Who do you have in the Super Bowl, Kansas City plus two or San Francisco minus two? San Francisco holding on to its lead at 59% of the vote. Kansas City trailing at 41%. Tossing this on. I wanted, oh, sorry, go ahead. Let me just add one. I'm sorry, apologize. Usually I'd let you continue here, but not today because <laughs> I want to just add one thing. I think this has been an interesting exercise posting this last this week uh, for the whole week. And uh, because our voting has changed, you know, there's been you know, if I were a sports uh, sports book director trying to get two way action on a game, we've had good two way action on this game and this question. Absolutely. Uh, we'll see how it all ends up around 1230 today over on X at KDOS AM 1060 yesterday it was the NBA trade deadline the Suns were active did the Suns improve significantly because of Thursday's trade deadline moves no continues to lead the way at 76.5 percent yes trailing at 23.5 percent a question that also gets answered around 1230 today Before we get back into the NFL, I just want to do a quick update about what's happening at the WM Phoenix Open. And, Bob, we need to just stop the tournament right now. Um, Well, he he can finish his last hole, and then we can stop the tournament because Nick Taylor is leading the golf tournament right now at 10 under par. Uh, Now, let me backtrack for just a minute here and explain what happened yesterday in round one. Uh, round one, the morning wave went out. I had mentioned when we got off the air that Alex Noren, uh, one of our guys that we had in the top 20, was in the best possible position because he was done for the day. So he didn't have to sit around and wait. He could be going off and, and getting away from the golf course and not waiting to see what was going to happen with the weather. There was plenty of other players that had to come back and finish their rounds. And those all were players that teed off in the morning wave. 
the afternoon wave when play resumed yesterday got started. They played anywhere between six to ten holes or so. So this morning they had to get going and this is the completion right now of round number one. Round number two tee times will begin today at 12.25 p.m. And the afternoon wave is beginning at 5 p.m. The afternoon wave is the morning wave from yesterday. So we'll just clear that up right now. Anyway, out in front, shooting 10 under par through one round so far is Nick Taylor. We had him at 200 to 1. So if he can continue to play some great golf, we're sitting pretty here with Nick Taylor. So keep it going, Nick. Sahith Tagala, uh, Andrew Novak, Maverick Manili, and Doug Gim are all sitting at six under par right now in a tie for second. Shane Lowry, S.H. Kim, and Charlie Hoffman, Cameron Young, Corey Connors, Justin Suh all in a tie for sixth. The thing about this tournament is you do need to go low. Uh, also, it's a bunched up leaderboard at times. You don't generally typically have somebody running away with this thing. So uh, it's going to be fun to see how this all unfolds. But they're going to be trying to get as much golf as they possibly can get in today, playing until uh, there's absolutely no more light because then who knows what's going to happen tomorrow. The weather forecast as it is right now, expected for overnight rains into tomorrow morning, hopefully able to get things going in the afternoon. And then um, who knows if it's going to be a Monday finish, depending upon how the weather cooperates. But it potentially is setting up to not be an ideal situation for the PGA Tour typically they like to kind of have the tournament finish and then you roll right into some pregame coverage for the Super Bowl. They might be finishing right. during the Super Bowl this year. So we'll see how it all unfolds. Hmm. Okay. When you have a second here, I have uh, what I think is big-time college football breaking news. Okay, let's go to it. Chip, Chip Kelly is apparently the new offensive coordinator at Ohio State. Oh, Wow. That yes. is big time. Well, okay, as an Ohio Apparently, State fan, how do you feel? Not official. I'm very happy about this because I don't want Ryan Day calling plays anymore. Uh, but you know, if I remember correctly, I know that Day and Kelly have some kind of history together before, maybe at like Connecticut or something back in the day. It's been a while. Uh, but you know, there's been talking to you know, Kelly. Try, he interviewed for the Seahawks offensive coordinator job. So he's obviously trying to get out of UCLA. Um, you know, they have you know, a horrendous NIL deal or lack thereof uh, that, you know, Mick Cronin's been bitching about that for the entire basketball season. Uh, and it's, it's no better in football for what I, I have no idea why that is, but that's been the case at UCLA football and basketball. So, you know, he wanted to get out and, uh, you know, that this would be seemingly a really good thing. I actually like him. I thought that O'Brien was a good hire. Uh, for Ohio State to have him call plays, but I think uh, I'd much rather have Kelly calling plays than O'Brien. And nothing against Brian O'Brien here, but Kelly is a yeah a, a, a phenomenal play caller, and uh, he'll have much better talent at Ohio State than he ever had at UCLA. Yeah, or probably in the maybe in the NFL for a couple of te- couple of teams he was with there. You know, I'm just kind of curious uh, if this is just a 
relationship that went a little bit sour. I mean, because there had been talks that he was going to be let go, uh, you know, during the season last year for coming up in this particular offseason. Obviously, that didn't happen. I'm just wondering if the relationship was went a little bit sour or, um, you know, if he just felt like the jump to the Big Ten and what UCLA could bring in uh, was going to not be a whole lot of fun for him. Yeah, you could answer this next thing better than I. I mean, this is more of a question than it is just kind of a statement, but I'm just wondering. I mean, Stanford, Stanford shouldn't count because they're you know private school, but California, even USC is another private school, but California, USC, Stanford, and UCLA, it seems as if there's some kind of issue between their foot with their football programs. They've seemingly declined. There's no doubt that they've declined. And there seems to be also some administrative issues in those three schools. And you know, Stanford kind of, kind of by itself as far as the administration part. Right, yeah. Um, you know, that's that's interesting. So, And then there also was fueling the narrative that we had discussed a couple of weeks ago about just the state of college football and that you might be seeing guys trying to leave head coaching positions and maybe go, quote-unquote, backward into an offensive coordinator position or defensive coordinator position, but in the NFL. And Chip was trying to uh, – he well, he was linked to the commander's job, but then that went to Cliff Kingsbury. You talked about – interviewing for the Seahawks job and then ultimately maybe maybe the Eagles too right I think he was at least mentioned as a possibility for the Eagles right and so obviously those things didn't come to fruition here and then leaving even in the same conference now but taking an offensive coordinator position obviously you mentioned it though that uh the talent is so far and away above uh at Ohio State compared to what UCLA is going to be working with in the Big Ten as an Ohio State fan, hopefully it can recruit some offensive tackles because they've got plenty of skilled players. Their center is going to be okay. Their guards are not bad, but their tackles were atrocious last season, and uh, one of them needs to be replaced, and maybe both need to be replaced. I'm not exactly sure whether the right tackle is even coming back, but those two guys were not good last year, something I talked about almost every time Ohio State football came up last year from week one actually before the season even started, and it never got any better. And it was uh, the last game they played the Cotton Bowl. Those two guys were atrocious in that game. I just want to make mention of this here. The NFL Hall of Fame class of 2024 was announced yesterday. Uh, You have Devin Hester going in, and he's going, and he's kind of making history in this sense that he's, basically going in as a kick returner, 19 kick returns for touchdowns, which is an NFL record, 14 punts returned uh, for touchdowns. So he was a, a field flipper, yeah. dynamic, and you always had to pay attention to a punt with him uh, returning the kick. Well, and obviously the Super Bowl kickoff return against the Colts uh, right. you know, in, in the rain and uh, uh, Miami, actually. I think that game was in Miami in the rain. I, I've oddly enough or maybe not oddly enough but uh me mr special teams i'm all for this uh second player to you uh that i'm going to name is defensive end dwight freeney two 125 and a half career sacks it was 11 seasons with the colts two with the chargers one here with the cardinals one with the falcons and then one <laughs> season where he split his time with the seahawks and the lions 
Unfortunately, you got here way too late. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, number three on this 2024 Hall of Fame class is wide receiver Andre Johnson. 14,185 receiving yards, 70 touchdowns for him. He led the NFL in receiving twice in his 12 seasons with the Texans, once with the Colts, and one season with the Titans. Makes sense. I mean, okay with that. I mean, some of these other guys I'm not okay with, but I'll just, you know, I'll I'll get to that in a minute, I guess. Okay. <laughs> Linebacker Randy Gratishar, the Orange Crush Ooh. defense of the Broncos in the 1970s. He was also a 1978 Defensive Player of the Year. And from the Ohio State University when it was the Ohio State University. Uh, linebacker Patrick Willis led the NFL in tackles as a rookie with 174. He was an NFL Defensive Rookie of the Year and a five-time first-team All-Pro. The Cardinals never blocked him, <laughs> ever. <laughs> several coordinators, several head coaches, it didn't matter. Several defensive linemen, they never blocked the dude. Uh, then we have defensive tackle Steve McMichael on the 1985 Bears defense. It's a seniors committee vote. He had 95 career sacks. This is a joke. Um this is what I hate about the NFL Hall of Fame. There's too many guys in by you know, the association of the team you played for. He was like the fifth best player on his own defense and best the fifth best defense player on his own defense. This you know, nice. He, I know he's had some. He obviously had some health issues and so forth. I apologize. That, that, I'm sorry for that. But there's no way in hell this guy should be in the Hall of Fame. And finally, defensive end Julius Peppers. He's a first ballot selection, 159 and a half sacks in 19 years. Yeah, the Cardinals are lucky that he was not in the same division because they never blocked him either when they did play him. Kyle Soppy of Pro Football Network is set to join us on the other side of the break, uh, breaking down some NFL props for us as we look ahead to Super Bowl 58, finally coming to us on Sunday, 4.30, kickoff on CBS. As a reminder, though, for you, Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, they're located 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. Their weekend specials, 45-day dry-aged beef tomahawk steaks at $24.99 a pound. Their San Fran tailgate package, which is appropriately $49.49. And their fresh jumbo party-style chicken wings at $4.99 a pound. See it all for yourself, VonHansen'sMeats.net. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, is next right here in the Extra Point. I'll turn those picks into gold. Wall-to-wall -wall NFL coverage and the biggest stories coming to you from 3 to 5 p.m. The Rich Eisen Show here in KDUS AM 1060 and KDUS1060.com. Welcome back to Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. As always, follow along with us online at KDOS1060.com. And it's that time of the program here on a Friday, Friday, February 9th. We hop on out to the KDOS hotline. Kyle Soppy of Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work over at pfnbetting.com. Kyle, we finally made it. It's the last time we get to talk to you before Super Bowl 58, but it's finally here. Yeah, I mean, that's sad that we don't get to talk again. But the fact that Super Bowl is only a few days away, this is what we build all season for. Obviously, we've got, you know, seven months here between this game and week one. So we got to enjoy it. 
we got to hype it up. I'm excited. I don't know about you guys, but I, I don't know which way this game's going to go, which makes the prop market that much more fun. Absolutely. Looking forward to trying to figure it out. And we know from talking to you last week here uh, that you're feeling really good about Isaiah Pacheco. Uh, 67 and a half yards is his number. If we dive a little bit more into the run game scheme versus the 49ers defensive scheme, it seems like running the ball will be a huge part of the success that the Chiefs can have. So does the run game extend to anyone else for you other than Pacheco? And is there anything else that you like with Pacheco uh, you know pivot pivoting off of that in the screen game rushing attempts uh, longest carry anything along those lines with Pacheco if we're sticking with the Pacheco Marcus I do like his over and his longest rushing attempts to get us home really to get us to that point here I mentioned it last week San Francisco's third worst in terms of defensive rush EPA this season Pacheco really not a guy that's gonna you know cure those L's here his Yards per carry after contact has accelerated over the last two months. We saw it last year, too. Over 20% increase in his yak this year. He did it last year. I expect to see more of the same, especially if this game is as close as everybody's saying. The spread's two points. So you would expect them to stay on script, to keep him involved throughout the game. I, I don't mind over on his carry, too. I mean, you're talking four, four and a half carries a quarter. It doesn't seem like a tall ask as long as his game stays tight. I'm not as intrigued in the passing game if they have the success. It's going to be on the ground, in my opinion. If they're throwing, to me, that means they're playing some catch-up, which means the dink and dunk, not so much his style. And they're going to go to Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey in the short passing game. So I would, I actually like the under on his receptions when it was at three and a half, juice a little bit there. But I will go over in just about everything rushing, be it yard, longest carry, or attempt. I want to start, uh, at least for now, going away from the individual prop market and go to the second half total points for the uh, for this game. Uh, the under in the second half has gone – the, the total has gone under in 18 of the 20 Chiefs games this season. Does that continue on Sunday? I think there's a good chance at it. I mean, you mentioned the rates this season, and they're really – they're hard to justify, right? I mean, the totals are kind of set high because you've got Mahomes on one side. You think that a team could be playing catch-up down the stretch here and that you could get them, you know, 10, 13 points down the stretch of either garbage time or forced to score – so I like where you're going here. I do think it's built into the line to a degree. Back in week 11, this trend wasn't as popular, and now that we've had two weeks to sift through everything, and we've seen Kansas City struggle. I mean, they're shut out in the second half. So, I mean, it's becoming a little bit more public. It's becoming a little bit more well-known, and it is built into the line. So I'm not jumping, you know, I'm not withdrawing from my bank account to get to this one, but I don't mind it, and I'm not going to take the over, that's for sure. I want to stay with the run game, but hop on over to the 49ers side of things. Christian McCaffrey's line, uh, 89 and a half yards. His receiving yards, 33 and a half yards. With the way that the Chiefs have utilized coverage on top wide receivers this season, it seems like McCaffrey will be in play a lot here. Also knowing uh, how much they use the run game scheme and how uh, the Chiefs have struggled against defending the run game scheme. So uh, how do we deplore uh, or deploy, I should should say uh christian mccaffrey it, it all kind of depends on the story you're telling here if you're going to tell me that the 49ers are up and obviously their favorite here not by much but if they're playing with a lead i don't see any reason why he can't go bananas here he's the best running back in the game for a reason and if he gets 18 to 20 carries which is roughly what they're projecting he's likely to break one of them and then he gets into the end zone he starts catching all those props one by one to get domino but i think the chiefs can 
They can put up points here. They can make – I think Kansas City can control the ball a little bit more. They're a high-pressure defense. If that's going to be the case, the running lanes are going to be hard for McCaffrey to come by. I like his numbers if we're talking overs. I like his numbers more in the receiving game than I do the running one in this spot. I have Debo at uh, the score touchdown, anytime touchdown at plus 160. Uh, good idea or bad idea? I didn't go shopping on this. Is that a good price or not? Yeah, I think I think that's the way to play the touchdown market. And if you got it at 160 right now, it's 135 on DraftKings. So you're doing all right as far as Ooh. DLD goes. But the thing I like about Debo is not only that he likely avoids Ladarius Sneed on the other end, it's the versatility. He could get a handoff inside the 20. He could catch a bomb. He could catch a screen pass. He can do a little bit of everything, whereas Brandon I used a little more pigeonhole. He's a little more, bit more down the field. You've got Chris McCaffrey, obviously, but he, it's not like he's a new entity. The Chiefs are going to be focused on him with this high-pressure scheme. If they bring a blitz, and like a jailbreak kind of blitz, and you get Debo in space with the ball, I don't mind that price one bit. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, PFNbetting.com, right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Uh, there's another person that I think could have a big game here, and that's 49ers George Kittle. I know he's been limited the last couple of days on the practice report. We'll see what today's practice report has to say. But the problem with Kittle is that I'm not sure his big game is always going to translate to yards because he's asked to block and do a lot of things in that realm too. So uh, how do you see this playing out with George Kittle's usage? His number in the receiving game is 49 and a half yards. Yeah. And I like where you're headed here and that he's a little too good for his own good, right? I mean, the fact that he's a good blocker helps there. The fact that he can protect against the blitz. There's a lot of avenues here and the fact that they have Debo and Ayuk kind of leave him he's an all-or-nothing guy he's the type of guy that either you're fading in his number or you're playing an elevator type of thing where you take it over on 45 yards 55 yards 65 yards you take it all the way up there's a prop out there floating around caitlin clark of iowa women's basketball points versus george kittle receiving yards if you're going to get that direction you want to get a little cute on super bowl sunday here i like kittle in that market i think his upside's far greater than that of a basketball player i get that she's amazing and she could score 50 but Kittle to go over 50 receiving yards isn't that crazy. So that's that's how I'm getting my exposure to George Kittle against Caitlin Clark. That's how you know it's the Super Bowl. <laughs> Love yeah, it. That's for sure. No doubt. All right, the Chiefs, they've scored points in their first possession in their last nine playoff games. Is there any remaining value that the Chiefs score on their first possession? No, and I'm going to go the other way here. You can get either team, both teams to punt. So whether it's the 49ers or Chiefs, it's plus 130 on their first drive in this game. I'm going to take both and hope that I hit at least one, understanding that that's a profit. And if I hit both, obviously we've got money in our pocket to live bet this thing. But you're talking about a Super Bowl that's largely slow out of the gates. We've seen, <clears throat> excuse me, 15 out of 20 Chief games this season haven't had a score in the first six minutes. So that's another bet that I brought up last week that I like this week. If that's going to catch, we're looking at punts for at least one, if not both of these teams. At plus money, you get odds like that this season in the first 10 minutes of game. These defenses combined to allow the score on only 19.4% of possessions. That's down from 31.3% in the rest of the game. So if they're going to get stopped, it's going to come early. Feeling out process, conservative passing game, all that good stuff. I think betting both teams to punt on their first possession leaves you a little bit of wiggle room and some, some nice upside for profit here. Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, PFNbetting.com, right here on KDOS AM 1060 in the Extra Point. Uh, so 
if you're looking at the quarterbacks, Patrick Mahomes at 262 and a half yards, Brock Purdy sitting at 246 and a half yards. Patrick Mahomes has a history of throwing all over uh, the 49ers defense, but things are a lot different this year in this Chiefs team and what the strengths and what the weaknesses are. So if those numbers are, are something that you're not interested in, how about we get a little bit cute here and the props for kind of head to head, if you will, the first quarterback to reach 200 plus passing yards, Mahomes sitting at minus 142, Purdy at plus 116. I'll go ahead and take the plus money on that one. I do have Purdy going over his number. I've got him projected for about 270, which is a little bit over his total. I'm on par with Mahomes' projection, so that puts me at Purdy just ahead of him. And we said it coming in. If if this is going to be – if the Chiefs are going to play with the lead here, it's going to be Pacheco early and often. If they come out with the run game going against this poor or, uh, 49ers run defense, you could see a lot of that early. And if, if Kansas City's blitzing – and bringing the heat, you look for a little dump off. The pass might travel one total yard, and it could gain 50 yards for Purdy. So I'll, I'll go ahead and take the plus money. I don't mind that. I'm going to take that in conjunction with Purdy over his number, hoping that I hit both. Kyle, something you brought up last Friday, and I think it bears repeating, and I was nodding my head out of socket when you were mentioning this last week. You have to actually take my word for that part. But uh, Mahomes winning the MVP <laughs> – uh, the, there's a better plus price on that than there is the Chiefs' money line. Then, you know, if they win, you would think that Mahomes is going to win the MVP. Is there the be- a best price out there for that for that uh, possibility? Yeah, I think that it's kind of been an angle I've been playing for years now as far as the Super Bowl MVP goes. The interesting part this year is that the MVP favorite is Mahomes, like you were saying, at plus 125, which I think is a fine price. That's better than the money line, like you said, on the Chiefs. But you don't usually see the quarterback from the underdog being the favorite. Brock Purdy at 235 right now. I don't think that's a bad way to spend your money either, understanding that he plays the most important position on the team that's supposed to win the game. If you're picking the 49ers, I wouldn't mind a little bit of a roll of the dice here. 235, way better than the minus 130, 140 that you have to take to the 49ers' money line. Obviously, it's not a foregone conclusion that Purdy would win MVP if the 49ers win the same way it would be with Mahomes and the Chiefs. But I think he'd be the favorite if you, if I told you the 49ers were going to win. You're probably going to – the inclination is to go with the quarterback in that spot unless McCaffrey has a historic day. But I don't mind – if you think the 49ers are going to win, I think it's uh, due diligence there to put in – a pretty MVP ticket, even for small. Kickers, I think there's an advantage here with Harrison Butker over Jake Moody. Jake Moody has missed uh, several kicks here in the postseason, a couple of field goals and an extra point. The question also is who can be more aggressive, like Andy Reid going for some opportunities on fourth down. Kyle is a little bit more uh, per pertinent with going for the field goals if you will both kickers are sitting at seven and a half points what do we do here with the kickers yeah i think you capped it perfectly i mean these two kickers combined are nine for ten from 50 plus yards this season so you're looking at long kicks that could go through just to get points on the board to alleviate some of that pressure but like you said andy Reid's going to be aggressive because he knows he has patrick mahomes he knows he has that leeway and that he can go for seven and if he if you go for fourth down in close a couple of times and you miss once and then get it once and eventually score, that's going to be seven points instead of two field goals, which is six points. So I think that's Andy Reid's 
kind of math. Kyle Shanahan doesn't work quite that way because he doesn't have an MVP at quarterback. Let's face it, I get that Brock Purdy was in that conversation for the bulk of the season, but putting Purdy and Mahomes in the same sentence, just, it's a little off to me. So I would go with Moody in that spot. I understand he's been up and down as far as picking goes, but he comes with pedigree. It's a weatherproof environment. They're going to want to have points on the board, whereas I think Kansas City is a little more comfortable being aggressive, like what you said. Travis Kelsey, after a rough regular season, has been uh, reborn, I guess, here in the postseason. I saw a prop yesterday, seven and a half receptions. Over or under that? I think you got to go under. I mean, we always talk about baiting the public in this spot. And there's not a more public guy in the face of the planet right now. You're dating Taylor Swift. She's coming out with albums. She's as much a story as anything in this game. His number's getting juiced up by casual money that's coming in just to bet the Super Bowl because, listen, it's the Super Bowl. Everybody wants to bet it. Everybody's got a square that they're rooting for, a specific score. They're going to vote and bet on overs because that's what the public does, and they're going to bet on the names they know. And right now the names they know are Mahomes, Kelsey, and Taylor Swift. And you can't bet on Taylor Swift. So there's only two options to bet there. A lot of over money coming in on Kelsey and his over. So, quite frankly, seven and a half is a huge number. If you think the Chiefs are going to win, that's going to be a run-heavy script. If you think it's going to be close, I think it's run-heavy anyway because, like what we said, that's the way you attack the 49ers. It would, ha- it would require a crazy target share or crazy efficiency, which I guess we saw last week with 11 catches, 11 targets. But I, it's a thin line. You've got a lot more leeway to lose that bet than you do win it by going over. Kyle Sapi, Pro Football Network. Follow all of their work getting you ready for Super Bowl 58, pfnbetting.com. Okay, so on the defensive side of the ball here, Chris Jones, Nick Bosa, they're uh, two big-time players for each respective side here. There's a together combination prop here for both of them to record at least a half a sack sitting at plus 340. Yeah, I, that one scares me because Mahomes gets rid of the ball so fast. He's so good at not taking sacks or turning small losses into big games. I I would venture away from that one. The over-under for team sacks isn't even all that high. You're talking a total of four or five sacks in total in this game with what the lines are projecting. If that comes to fruition, then you're really, you're really starting to make this a thin bet because you need your two guys to account for – 20, 30, 40% of the sacks in this game, that's tough. I don't know if Mahomes goes down a single time, so I'm going to fade away from that one. Yeah, one more quick thing, and I probably should have brought this up earlier when it kind of came up, but, you know, Mahomes, uh, you know, over the years, he's used his legs in many of these big Chiefs playoffs wins, but last year, his over-under rushing yards prop went from over two under when Mahomes in the victory formation took several yards yeah. backwards before taking a knee. Uh, because of that, any trepidation about the Mahomes over rushing yards? Because of that, of course there's trepidation. I don't want to be losing this game at midnight in a game that I think I had win, won, and he's at 30 rushing yards, and my guy takes a 60-yard kneel-down sack for a negative rushing yard. I'm not <laughs> playing quarterback rushing numbers exclusively for that. If it's going to happen – then I'll be on the under, and it'll only help me. I'm not going over on Purdy at 12.5, over on Mahomes at 25.5. There's just too many things that can happen. With the 49ers, a lot of bubble coverage. I don't think they bring a lot of pressure, and that's not going to force Mahomes. He might extend plays, but I don't think he runs a ton. And if he does, I don't think he's going much over 25.5, and, and that leaves you in <laughs> that leaves you in that same spot from a few years ago where you could be you know, in your feelings at the end of the game, at the very end of the game. 
It's <laughs> a good way of putting it, in your feelings. All right, Kyle, before we let you go here, uh, what are you on? 49ers minus two, Chiefs plus two. Uh, does that differ from who you think wins the game? It doesn't. I'm going to take the 49ers. I've got them winning 24 to 20. I think it's a good game. A late touchdown maybe makes a difference, and we're getting these jokes where, oh, yeah, they left them too much time, and there's like, I don't know, 27 seconds left on the clock. Mahomes can't get it done at the very end. I'll say the 49ers win. We get a David Slade's Goliath kind of story with Purdy over Mahomes. As always, we greatly appreciate you taking time with us all season long. It's been fantastic catching up with you, getting some winning plays. Let's uh, enjoy Super Bowl 58, shall we? Can't wait. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Once again, thanks, he, thanks for your time. This has been great. I really appreciate it. Once again, he is Kyle Soppy, Pro Football Network, PFNBetting.com. All right, it's your turn now. What's your play for the weekend plus the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits? Caller number three right now, 602-260-1060. Come with your play, a side, a total, or a prop bet. We'll accept it as we're looking to try to finish this season with two wins. Uh, 602-260-1060, the Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits $100 gift certificate. Caller number three. As a reminder for what's happening at Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits this weekend, the 45-day dry-aged beef tomahawk steaks at $24.99 a pound, the San Fran tailgate package at $49.49, and the fresh jumbo party-style chicken wings at $4.99 a pound. Caller number three, 602-260-1060. And it's poll question time on the other side of the break right here in the Extra Point. Bringing you the latest sports topics weekly right here on KDUS AM 1060 with me, the Doug Gottlieb Show, 1 3 p.m. Right here on KDOS AM 1060, online at KDOS1060.com. And with the KDOS 1060 app, it's Friday. It's February 9th. We just got done talking to Kyle Sapi of Pro Football Network for all of our NFL prop conversation. If you missed any of it, it will be podcasted a little bit later on at KDOS1060.com. And with that KDOS1060 app, welcome back. It is the Extra Point. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. Congratulations to our winner of the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Uh, thankfully... We don't have conflicting viewpoints for what we're supposed to be rooting for this weekend. Last week, uh, the winner took the Chiefs plus two and a half. This week, the winner, Kansas City Moneyline. So uh, we're either going to be happily victorious here or we'll be sad in defeat as we ended the uh, the uh, uh, college and NFL season with Vaughn Hansen's Meats and Spirits Friday spread. Don't want to be sad. <laughs> yeah, we don't want that. We don't want that. All right. Uh, KDOS1060.com's poll question here. We've had it up all week, and it's time we answer the question. So who do you have in the Super Bowl, Kansas City plus two or San Francisco minus two? Okay. As I usually do, usually before Cardinals games, but during playoff games, uh, before I see a point spread, even though I was not surprised at all that the 49ers were favored in the game, like seemingly half the world seems to be shocked that they're favored. They don't pay attention to the point spreads apparently during the season. Uh, but 
I wrote down the score right after, or actually during the fourth quarter of the when it was apparent that the uh, the 49ers were going to win that game once they were up by 10 points. My score was 24-23. Uh, and usually, uh, well, I should rephrase that. Sometimes when I write down a score of a Cardinals game a week before they play it, I change the score probably more times than not, at least a little here and there, depending on the events of the week. I've not changed it once in two weeks, basically. I still have 24-23. I haven't said yet who's going to win. But uh, <laughs> you know, I've, I, have, uh, I have Kansas City winning 24-23, which completely goes against what I've said for since June uh, when I declared that the 49ers were going to win the Super Bowl. It reminds me of uh, the Astros-Dodgers World Series. When the whole year I was, you know, advocating the uh, Dodgers are the best team in baseball, la di da. They get to the seventh game of the World Series, and that day I flipped to the uh, Astros, and I won that game. Uh, we, I didn't know that they were cheating though, so you know, I didn't have to give. You know, there was no refund involved, and whatever. Uh, but I don't have a bet on the side in this game. In fact, quite frankly, right now I have one bet in the entire game which is like the fewest prop bet, bet uh, prop bets I can ever remember before a Super Bowl. I have Debo scoring a touchdown, and I got this late last week at plus 160. As Kyle mentioned, that number's come down considerably, so I got a good price. What I actually am hoping for in this game that might lead me to make another bet is I'm hoping for some early points that the total of the game will go up because, uh, you know, my, just ironically, my score, or maybe not ironically, uh, my score of 47 total points uh, is, you know, it's been 47 and a half has been the total for pretty much two weeks. Uh, so I'm hoping there's some early points and uh, the total goes up in the game and then I might bet it under at that point. That's kind of what I'm hoping for that. But if that occurs, I can almost guarantee you all that uh, there's going to be another, I'll be betting on the under in the game. If there's an early touchdown or a couple of you know, possessions with each team scores points, etc., So that's kind of my plan going into Sunday for right now. All right. Help a friend out here. So at the beginning of the year, FanDuel had this, um, this promotion that if you put money down on a team to win the Super Bowl and they won at least 10 games in the regular season, it was kind of like you'd get your money back in, in bonus bets. So I was like, let's have some fun with it. Well, here we are. Kansas City was my team. So I need to know how to hedge this bet uh, for the San Francisco side of things. I was hoping that there was going to be this flood of money coming in on the Chiefs side of things that would uh, help help the uh, San Francisco side not be so heavily juiced uh, minus two or the money line, et cetera. So how best would you deploy this situation to head, hedge the bet and, and come away profitable regardless? It just depends how much you want to try to hedge. Um, also, when I've had this opportunity before, what I've done in the past is call our friend Stephen Phoenix and ask him what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, that in fact, that's happened numerous times over the years. I've done that. So, you know, it just got to you know, basically you, know, you start the starting point is you know how much do you want to try to hedge or how much are you willing to hedge uh, is maybe the better way to put that. 
as it goes to actually answering the question here, uh, you know, I keep kind of going back and forth on who I think is going to win this game. Uh, you know, the Chiefs offensive line has some question marks, but Patrick Mahomes and we dissected it and how great he is at avoiding sacks, scrambling and making positive plays or just making ridiculous throws as well to create these positive plays with that pressure. We know that it seemingly seems like the Chiefs have found success with the ground game, utilizing two tight end sets, Isaiah Pacheco getting going. The 49ers are going to have to figure out how they're going to slow that down. They've had two weeks to figure out defensively what they're going to do differently to try to stop that attack. Uh, On the flip side of this here, the, the 49ers have so many different ways to to beat you. We dissected how Legereus Sneed has been so good at stopping wide receiver number one for opposing teams. But who is wide receiver number one? Is it Ayuk? Is it Debo? If it's Ayuk, then you can use Debo in a multiple different, different ways. Christian McCaffrey gets in, involved in some screens and some swing passes and things of that nature. And all of a sudden, the 49ers are able to move the ball as well. Steve Spagnolo, though, is one of the best at... At, uh, figuring out different ways to to limit you and especially what he's been able to do in this postseason about limiting what your 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 best uh, asset is. So how is this chess match going to all come down? To me, it seems like then it comes down to this special teams and Harrison Butker has proven time and again that he is clutch. Uh, I know that this game is indoors, so that kind of negates how great of a kicker he is uh, in cold elements, but he still has quite a long leg and can make these long kicks. Jake Moody in the postseason has been a little bit shaky at times, so I lean in the direction there because special teams tipping tipping the scales here, uh, Kansas City uh, winning this game. I'll just add one more other thing. Yeah, Moody's been shaky sometimes in the regular season too, and uh, he deserves it because he went to a bad university. Or Actually, it's a good university, but he went to the wrong football program. Uh, San Francisco out in front, minus two at 58% of the vote. Kansas City plus two sitting at 42% of the vote. So that's how things ended after the week-long KDOS1060.com poll question. Let's toss this on over to X at KDOS AM 1060. The the Suns improved significantly because of Thursday's trade deadline moves. Um, I I guess it kind of depends upon the definition of significantly because in my mind, significant moves were not even plausible. Uh, They didn't have the draft capital to do it. They didn't have the cap space to do it, being in the luxury tax the way that they are. Uh, So I think for them, they maximized what they possibly could do. They got a a person that they had identified they wanted in Royce O'Neal. Kevin Durant obviously feels really confident with him because that's the whole reason he's in Brooklyn in the first place was with Kevin Durant. Uh, So I think that there's some continuity there defensively he's going to be able to help this team you then also get rid of a couple of contracts that uh, would have been on the books for you next year so you would have had to figure out what to do with that in terms of looking ahead Uh, those players weren't really getting a whole lot of time so now you've kind of shored things up and shortened and figured out your rotation so with the limitations that were placed on them I think they maximized what they could have done so on that front in my definition of significantly improved because of the limitations placed on it, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say no, but I have a different viewpoint here. I just don't, I don't think that anybody in the entire league 
improved yesterday before the trade deadline significantly. Any team in the entire league. And because of that, though, I think that's actually the best case I, I could make for the Suns improving significantly because if you consider, I consider, you know, I know Oklahoma City and Minnesota have had spectacular records. I still think that the Nuggets and the Clippers are the two best teams in the Western Conference. And neither of those teams significantly improved. In fact, Denver did absolutely nothing. The Clippers did a couple of things you know, here and there. And they might add a, you know, might add somebody at some point. But you know, to me, the fact that those two teams did not improve significantly is the best reason for me to answer that the Suns improved. I'm curious, uh, you know, how O'Neal is actually, you know, how, who's he take playing time away from? Hopefully a Kogi. Uh, but you know, I, I want to see how this all works out. I think he's, he makes them better, but I think it depends on how much uh, and how the Suns use him is going to depend how much he actually improves them. Uh, the masses here, they're on the no side of things. This has been growing all show long, 77.8% of the vote. Yes, trailing at 22.2%. This is over on X at KDOS AM 1060. Super Bowl 58. It gets underway Sunday, 4.30 p.m. on CBS. What did I see? Uh, This is Tony Romo's third Super Bowl. That's hard to imagine that it's been his third Super Bowl already. Yeah, I'm sure I've been disgusted listening to all three of those games. So uh, (laughs) it'd be nice if this were his last Super Bowl, but it won't be. Usher, he's the halftime show. Reba McIntyre, she's singing the national anthem. We'll get into much more. Is it prop prop bet for that? I saw. Yeah. How long is it going to take? Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and, but you know, how do you do that one when everyone stopwatches like get started at she, what time? She, apparently, she's sung it before, so oh. that's what they're using as a barometer. Fair enough. All right, those smart people using those analytics. We'll wrap it up next. <laughs> KDUS AM 1060 is the home to the Dan Patrick Show, the Doug Gottlieb Show, and Sports Map Radio. Catch all the sports content here on AM 1060. Wrapping up this Friday, February 9th edition of Extra Point right here on KDOS AM 1060. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you. It's that time once again. It is thank you time. As always, we thank you for, uh, for listening. Special thanks to callers, emailers, tweeters, texters, whomever, whatever else has slipped through the cracks. Also, our guest today, Kyle Sapi, prop bet uh, suggestions and plays from Pro Football Network. On Monday at 10.15, we'll have some Super Bowl analysis in that segment during the Sports Zone. Sound of the day, courtesy of CBS, Fox, TNT, NBA TV, Valley Sports Sun, uh, FS1, and also Pac-12 Network. Special thanks, as always, to Kayla, Corey, and Aaron. And Kayla's going to tell us what's coming up next. That's right. Coming up next from 1 to 3 p.m. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show, followed by the Rich Eisen Show from 3 to 5. The Sports Zoo with Dave Rooster Bierstein from 5 to 6. 
And then ASU women's basketball is at USC tonight. It's a 7.30 p.m. pregame with an 8 o'clock tip all happening here on KDOS AM 1060. All right, so we have the Suns and the Warriors tomorrow at 6.30 p.m. on ABC. Super Bowl 58, the Chiefs and the 49ers, 4.30 p.m. on CBS. If you wanted to make an advertisement, have an advertisement during the Super Bowl, it would cost you about $7 million for a 30-second spot this year. Okay. Yeah. There's some better ways than spend your money, but maybe not. Apparently, people don't think so. (laughs) Everyone root hard for Nick Taylor. He went out in round one, shoots 60, 11 under par. Uh, But, you know, like I said, this tournament has lots of low scoring, so he's going to have to keep going with the birdies. Hopefully the weather cooperates here. Uh, But obviously for us, we liked him, and uh, he went out and performed well in week one, or day one, round one. So keep it going. Enjoy the $100 gift certificate to Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits and pay them a visit 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler. Enjoy the Super Bowl, everyone. Talk to you on Monday.